0: Whatever Amber Heard said, she just added it all up and looked in the DSM-5 and was like, okay, well, then there you go. Yeah, have PTSD. It's not the way you do it. Welcome back to the Shake Podcast of your host, Derek Van Shake. And with me, no co-host, I think it is clear she is gone and she will never be back. Guys, you scared her off. You know, all those times that, you know, some people were saying some pretty mean things and whatnot. (sighs) She's gone now. Hope you like it. (laughs) Hope you like it. So we haven't done one of these in a second. And one of the reasons why is because of the Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial. And you may be saying, well, there's a lot of really good things and a lot of interesting things happening. And why aren't you saying anything? And why did you make a video on me? I really want to be able to have all the information before I even decide to make a video. Uh, I'm not going to just, like, (laughs) just, I don't know, just look at things half-baked. You know, it's not done yet. The trial's still going on, and, you know, we still have to hear Amber's side of the story, and we want to hear it. Just to kind of, like, make fun of her weird facial expressions (laughs) that she's making in trial before she was on the stand, because... More recently, she's on the stand that she's going to finish up her testimony, I guess, Monday and Tuesday. So next couple of days, she's going to be finishing it up. So we'll see exactly what it is. But she makes some kind of crazy allegations against Johnny Depp. The allegations against her uh, that she's making against Johnny Depp. That is kind of ridiculous. And it, it's just so over the top. And it's so... I guess it's so different than Johnny Depp's side of the story. Johnny Depp's story is that, hey, you know, I'm a guy that's just had a little bit of a drug problem with opioids. I, you know, it was just something basic like that, that that wasn't extensive throughout his entire life. or just one little bit. And, yeah, he likes to drink and he likes to have some marijuana here and there. But overall, he's not, you know, it's kind of like crazed drug addict and drunk. That Amber Heard is painting him out to be. So it's just so odd how just split different it all is. It's completely different. It's a completely different story. There's no connection really at all other than, like, for example, them in Australia. How Johnny Depp lost his finger. <laughs> it's completely different. Johnny Depp claims he was just at the the bar. She threw a vodka bottle at his finger, and it cut his finger off. But Amber claims that he probably lost his finger in a fit of rage by, like, smashing a phone into the wall. For example, maybe Johnny did smash a phone into the wall right next to Amber. Maybe he did that. But maybe he did that because he was really mad that Amber cut his finger off in some way. Because, I also say some way, because I'm not a physicist here or um, medical doctor, at least at this point. <laughs> but I don't know how physically possible it is to actually cut someone's finger off with a vodka bottle uh, you know throwing a vodka bottle and it cutting their finger off maybe you all have some other experiences or something like that you know will make more sense but it doesn't make any sense to me. How do you cut your finger off with a vodka bottle thrown at you maybe it's possible but I just can't fathom that. You know, I feel like a vodka bottle, even if it broke, would at best just like crush your finger and give your finger a lot of cuts. But to actually cut your finger off with a vodka bottle, I don't know. <laughs> the whole thing is just one massive Hollywood shit show. <laughs> it's just, it's like are these people living on the same planet as everyone else? Maybe asking, well, what does the body language say? What? i didn't specifically break down the body language i was just you know watching it like everybody else um i was not like you know looking at it very 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 closely um but i will say that specifically with amber there does appear to be some embellishment at least some embellishment going on and um, there's quite a bit of Lack of emotion in some points that you would expect more emotion. I'm not going to get too specific here. Part of the reason why, too, guys, understand something. You know, when I first made my video on my main channel about all of this, right, I made my video thinking that this was just some, you know, one or two claimed instances that Amber says that, hey, you know, he slapped me. And then, you know, therefore, my claim against him makes logical sense uh, to write that article. Or he threw a phone at me right? I thought it was just a little more straightforward, but this is just one big shit show I don't know if I want to get involved in. There's a lot that can distort the truth. I want you to all know that. Remember, this all happened about 10 years ago. It's a decade. It happened 10 years ago. This was not like a month ago. Even a month ago, it's hard to remember. Think of the times that you've been in a a verbal fight with your significant other. You probably can't agree on everything that just happened even, right? It's just so hard to, like, remember back and remember back so well, especially when there's so much emotion and, you know, everyone wants to believe their own side of their own emotion type of thing. So that's all going to distort the truth. I mean, I remember being in verbal fights with my significant others. And, yeah, sometimes we can't agree on things that we just said, like, literally, like, you know, two minutes ago. It's like, you know, you said this to me. No, 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 you said that to me, but you said that to me first. No, no, you said that. And then even when, get this, one time I remember pointing to the security camera and saying, the security camera, the security camera has audio. Play it back, play it back. I know, I know I said it. I know I said it like that. I know I said it. We play it back and we still can't agree even after we're watching it back on what exactly happened. It's because you know we all have the different, Uh, sides of things and all feel different things with different emotions and perceive things differently as someone may say them. And there's also history of what someone would say and how that would impact us and how it would hurt us and how we would feel based on that. There's so many variables. Also, there is a lot of drugs involved. There's a lot of alcohol involved. (laughs) Drugs, alcohol themselves, gosh, it's going to totally distort your memory of a lot of things. And I think both of them had their share of drugs and alcohol throughout their entire relationship, which was actually only like I guess 3 or 4 years at most. But again, it was 10 years ago too. And uh you know, with the love, mental illness, Amber Heard seems to have some mental illness, at least one doctor said, and then Johnny Depp has a lot of admittedly a lot of scars from his childhood that has surely caused a lot of emotional damage to himself. So the point is is that there's so many factors that can distort the truth, or at least what they believe to be the truth, provided that they're telling the truth to what they remember. But even if they are saying what they remember, it's so long ago, time, love, (laughs) drugs, alcohol, and mental illness, five things that are massively distorting the truth. Even if you're sober, you're not in love, It's been the same, you know, within the same hour. Um, You know, no drugs, alcohol, and no mental illness. Even if all of that, people who get into a verbal argument or, you know, maybe even a physical uh, altercation even may not be able to actually state the exact same story. (laughs) They're going to have different versions of it because they perceive it differently. Going back to what I said about my initial impressions of this type of fight of maybe just a slap or you know a phone being thrown at somebody I thought it was quite simple and quite yeah you know, like kind of trivial ish but what Amber's claiming is very very significant very severe and believe it or not I am a professional in the field. <laughs> So even though I try to make my videos very entertaining and I try to bring that out and not be so boring in my videos, like even though I do come across as entertaining, I have a level of professionalism that I need to maintain. So I'm not going to just totally discredit somebody who's just starting to tell her story. And we didn't even hear all of her story and all the evidence yet. So let's hear it. See what she has to say. But I will say that she better come up with something more than just a sob story. She better have people come in and maybe the flight attendant that she claimed that was involved in a little bit of Johnny's supposed rage. Bring that person in. She's there. You have flight data logs. You can easily grab her and bring her into court. You have to do more than just a sob story. And if it's just a sob story, basically, then, I mean, come on. Like, what is this? But with that said, I will mention something that's just the reality of the court system is that, you know, <laughs> these types of cases are really hard to win. In America, you're fighting against the First Amendment right, A First Amendment, freedom of speech. And yes, it does restrict freedom of speech. And you can't, you know, for example, you'll fire in a movie theater. You can't say anything you want and you can't defame somebody. You can't intentionally harm somebody. Um, with untrue statements, but essentially it's her word against his. And maybe, yeah, a lot of people, probably a lot of you all, would agree that, hey, yeah, it seems that Johnny Depp didn't do this. Sure, I mean, that's the court of public opinion, but the court of law is a little bit different. If Johnny doesn't win this case, it doesn't necessarily mean that he actually did it. It just means that these cases are really hard to win. I also want to mention some other things that I've been noticing with the trial. And it is, there were two therapists that also testified. Um, So we had the therapist on Johnny Depp's side of the case, which is the plaintiff's side. And she claimed, Dr. Curry, claimed that Amber Heard had a borderline personality disorder and histrionic personality disorder and no PTSD. That's what she claimed based on speaking and evaluating Amber Heard. That's what Dr. Curry did. She spent, I think it was like two days with Amber Heard and came to that conclusion that she has borderline personality disorder, histrionic personality disorder, and no PTSD. That was her testimony. Of course, the defense was, oh, no, that can't be. So they bring in their own forensic psychologist. and that lady was quite interesting her name was dr hughes dr hughes and from new york city apparently and dr hughes she um uh evaluated amber and found that i don't think yeah yeah i believe yeah she did not have a supposedly did not have histrionic personality disorder did not have borderline personality disorder and she had ptsd of course the ptsd uh, factor is you know, actually kind of important because what that kind of signifies is that, oh, yeah, she actually is going through a lot and she did go through something traumatic specifically with the relationship with Johnny Depp. So that's why that whole uh, diagnosis is quite important because it you know proves, I guess proves, you know, either proves or disproves whether she had some um, uh, post-traumatic stress. What I found was very interesting with Dr. Curry's evaluation of Amber Heard, and that was on Johnny Depp's side of the case. Uh, that was his forensic psychologist that evaluated Amber Heard. Dr. Curry did not completely buy everything that Amber Heard said, but actually had this type of adversarial relationship where she would push back and ask questions and to actually find out if she actually has those types of symptoms specifically with ptsd one of the things that i've learned is that a forensic psychologist cannot just believe and buy everything that the subject is saying in a forensic setting it's a lot different than in a clinical setting so if you or i were to go into a psychologist's office want to talk to them they would what they would believe what you and i are saying they wouldn't be completely skeptical and say oh you don't you know there's no way you're you're going through this and let's try to poke holes through everything you're saying right however in a forensic setting when you're doing it for the court a forensic psychologist always needs to keep in mind that the subject is likely going to say whatever is going to benefit them the most so they're not working with the forensic psychologist they're trying to usually dupe the forensic psychologist to get what they want out there and what they want to be presented to the court. Specifically, maybe what they talk to their attorney about and saying like, well, if you could try to make it seem like a have PTSD, that would be great. Okay, I'll try to make it seem like I have PTSD then. That's why forensic psychologists usually have that reputation of being very, very cynical and really being critical of the subject and of what they're hearing. What forensic psychology means is quite literally you're a psychologist for the court. It's not like you're in CSI or what is the other one? Um, Crime, uh, criminal minds or anything like that. Very few ever even do any of that. Most of them just interview for the court, you know, whether retained by the judge or the attorneys. And a lot of what forensic psychologists do is determine whether there's capacity of a defendant to stand trial. It's usually something like that. With all that said, The point is, is that a forensic psychologist always has to be extremely critical of their subject and not take what the subject is saying as the most valuable piece of information, but use it as a puzzle piece to figure out what could be the actual whole story. And that is why a forensic psychologist usually has a reputation of being very, very cynical. is because they're not believing what you're saying. You know, typically you walk into a psychologist's office— And then you sit down with them, and then they believe everything you're saying. Point that I'm making is that Dr. Curry seemed to have done it right, where she was critical of Amber Heard's responses and knew that Amber Heard uh, would have liked to be diagnosed with PTSD to substantiate her case. But Dr. Curry seemed to push back and was critical and cynical of her responses and was able to determine once she was critical and cynical of her responses that... Amber Heard did not, in fact, have PTSD. However, (laughs) Dr. Hughes, on the other side of things, Amber Heard's defense side, she evaluated Amber Heard and basically just asked her to check the boxes of whatever she's experiencing and feeling. And, of course, it came out that, no, she does not have, you know, borderline or anything problems. She has no problems at all. Amber Heard is completely okay. And to top it all off, she is going through some PTSD as well. And when Dr. Hughes was questioned on her examination, she basically said that, no, she did not specifically uh, question anything Amber Heard said. Whatever Amber Heard said, she just added it all up and looked in the DSM-5 and was like, okay, well, then there you go. Yeah, have PTSD. <laughs> it's not the way you do it. If you're acting in a forensic setting, you have to be adversarial. You have to question the, the subject. You can't just completely buy everything the subject is saying. However, maybe there is something involving some um, <clears throat> cash. Maybe there's that. I mean, it's really sad. And that that's the part that I don't like about the industry that I kind of work in here. If you really want to find somebody to, to say something and you want to pay, you can pretty much do it, unfortunately. Not by me. You won't be able to get that out of me. But unfortunately, there's just a lot of people that are just willing to just, hey, if you're willing to pay me, I'll re- I'll be willing to say anything you want me to say. OK, there you go. I did the evaluation. I didn't ask any questions. Um, not necessarily saying Dr. Hughes did that, but gosh, um, it's hard to imagine the way that she did that evaluation was done without... Uh, without her knowing what she was doing. That's my opinion. But you have to be adversarial. That's the big thing. You know, if you're trying to diagnose somebody where it is in their benefit to have that diagnosis, you have to know that they're going to try to do whatever they can to get the diagnosis. Are you experiencing nightmares? Oh, yes, I am. Oh, okay. Are you experiencing flashbacks? Oh, sure, I am. Of course they're going to say that, but you need to be critical of their responses. What kind of flashbacks are you having? When was the last time you had one of those flashbacks? Right? What was that flashback of? The subject must be pressed on what they're saying because clearly it's in their greatest benefit. Clearly it's in their greatest benefit to have the diagnosis. But in the clinical setting, right, if we're just talking about talking to somebody to try to make them better and seeing what's going on with them, There's no reason for them to specifically, you know, try to get the diagnosis of PTSD, right? No, they're going to be open with you and be like, I don't know. I guess not really. I don't have flashbacks, but sometimes I have a nightmare here and there. The subject is naturally going to be more honest when they know that the doctor is trying to make them better, not trying to figure out what's actually going on and then report that to the court. When Dr. Hughes was testifying, there was just so many odd, odd things that were happening. Um... She had these notes that she was basically just reading from the entire time. Supposedly, this very experienced forensic psychologist, meaning that she's a psychologist with the courts. Apparently, she's very experienced with 50 plus years of experience or whatever she said. She did not know that she wasn't supposed to read from the notes and was all confused of why she can't read from the notes. Is this her first trial? How does she not know if she's a forensic psychologist? She should be doing this all the time. She knows the protocol. I don't understand how such a supposedly experienced forensic psychologist was completely clueless that she wasn't allowed to read from her notes. It just says to me that maybe she's not as experienced as she's saying. So we'll probably make a few more of these throughout the trial. I think the trial is going to last... ...into next week and maybe a little bit in the week after. I am keeping up with the raw footage and I am posting it on my Derek Van Shake Plus channel. Yes, so we were working through the name of the second channel. It was originally the more Derek Van Shake channel. Then I changed it to DVS News. Then uh, I didn't make any sense. So then I just changed it to Derek Van Shake Plus. The reason why is because I don't want people to feel like they have to subscribe to my main channel to be able to be subscribed to my Plus channel. If you're not already subscribed to the Shake Podcast, give it a subscribe. We are everywhere you get your podcast, including Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon. You can watch the show here on YouTube. Everywhere you get your podcast, that's where you can find the podcast, Shaked. That's what we got for you. See you at the top.